Everyone, welcome back to Sample Sundays here with Lawrence. And Sean. Yo, yo, yo. And we have a very special guest today, and his name is Colin Chan. Colin, thanks a lot for joining us today, man. Thank you for having me on this podcast. I am super excited. As are we. So uh, for those who don't know you, I think you've, you've been working with Anchor and Soundcore for years, but for anyone who doesn't know you, can you just let the audience know a bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, sure. So graduated from art school, uh, doesn't necessarily mean anything. I just, you know, sometimes you want to tell people that you're kind of educated. Um, I, <laughs> you know, I graduated with a, a BA in arts, uh, worked as a freelance storyboard artist for the TV and commercial industry. Uh, and then honestly left that pursued filmmaking a bit. And then I kind of added that all together and put everything online, to be honest with you. And during that time I was live streaming and I was one of the top art live streamers on Twitter's Periscope. And that is where I met the handsome man over there or there or there, wherever Lawrence is at. I think he's over there on my screen. But uh, <laughs> that, that lovely man has definitely um, gave not just hope, but he really helped me understand the whole online game. Um, you know, and I think Lawrence, you should talk about you know, how dude, you kind of broke it down. You're, you know? you're, 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 you're too much, man, I think. Um, you've, you've got so much talent. And... Uh, yeah, I remember, I remember, yeah, like you said, it, it was on Periscope that we first met. And that's going back to about 2016 now when Livestream was really starting to take off. And I just remember that you were one of the first kind of people on there. Um, and so, again, but before we do touch on that, can you just tell the audience a little bit more about how you, how you got into art? Like, why this passion for art? Where did that come from? What does that stem from? Um, I would say the only story that I could think of dating back. So a, none of my family is artistic people at all. None of them whatsoever, you know, typical Asian family business, either try to be a doctor lawyer, but none of us did the doctor lawyer thing, uh, sisters went into business and me being the dumbass decided to go into art. And when I went into art, it was simply because we had a family friend who took me to his animation studio at a young age. And he showed me how an animation studio was. So it was that, that seed was planted in, in my head when I saw adults acting like kids, you know, having action figures and Nerf war guns. And you kind of sit here being like, yo, dude, this seems fun. But then, you know, um, was never good at art. So I did it throughout high school, like everyone else, like grade one, we all have to take those art classes, right? Or, or music classes. And um, from there, I can definitely tell you it's been a definite struggle. Uh, I appreciate you using the word talent, but one thing that Lawrence can tell you, I don't believe in the word talent. I only believe in it in a scientific fact of someone that's able to do something physically uh, spectacular, like a LeBron James, someone that's that big that can move that fast or Hussein Bolt, like, you know, Olympians. Like people, when I look at that, I'm like, that's talent because they were definitely born kind of with something... I, on their side. I, th I think to, to, to a certain extent that you're right there because I think especially like yourself and also Sean being a, mu a musician I think you guys can probably relate on that front but I cannot at all because I can tell you right now I think like art was probably like the one subject so I kind of fully flunked well I didn't flunk it I got a, I got a C but like I remember my final project for art I didn't know what to do so I just had this like leftover box from like woodwork and it was like <laughs> this crappy little box and so I, <laughs> I like pretended to make it into a room and put all these other tiny little boxes in there and then painted it. Well, I got a C, so uh, I'm, I'll take that. But, and then on the music front, 
yeah, no, I got nothing there. I got, I just, no, I, I, okay, I, let, let, let me ask Sean, right? Can, so, you can sing. You can sing, though, Lawrence. I've heard that you can sing. If you're gonna, if you're trying to get me to sing on this podcast, it's not going to happen. It will happen. Oh, it's happening! <laughs> it's happening! <laughs> it's happening! <laughs> but let me ask you, Sean. Like, you know, you're a musician. When you hear someone say that, like, you, I see guitars on your on your on your wall there, and you know, I. I only recently picked up a ukulele and just played funsies. You know what I mean? Try to learn a couple yeah. songs. And, and there was a definite click to me where I'm like, oh, okay. There's one thing that artists, visual artists and musicians share, which is the drive and passion of like practice, I guess you would say. Like practicing. Yeah, yeah. Some, you know what I'm saying? Like, like you I have like to practice. The, I like the challenge of it. Like, right. um, so in the corner, like last summer I decided to buy like a electric drum kit because I just wanted to try and learn a new instrument I like to try and you know like yeah exactly like you said I started hitting some drums one day I was like oh hang on a minute I could probably work this out maybe yep so it's so, yeah I, I, yeah I like no, the no, challenge so, of new, new right. things so let me ask you this question right so when someone comes to you and says you have talent because you know how to play guitar doesn't it automatically like feel a certain way where you're like, but you didn't see me when I first started, like the struggles of those 10,000 hours of practicing and practicing and practicing till you got to be able to play that one song where it sounded like that one song? Unless if you're a musical genius, I don't know, but you could be a musical genius where you like jumped onto the key, whatever instrument and just pounded yeah, all yeah. up, right? I, I, know, I know the angle you're coming from. Like it, the sports analogy was great because I think they're, this, for sports stars, they're definitely born with with it yeah with the, that talent and i i think it, it's in a way it's similar with musicians i think um do you, i think you have an ear for it like okay not not blowing my own trumpet but like for me for me i found like i've always known i wanted to do music but i've also felt like i'm good at it like i i know i knew i could do it it was okay. kind of like but you're completely right. The first time I picked up any sort of instrument, it's tens of thousands of hours and it is, you have to put the work in. It's, it's not a nap. In some aspects, it's a natural talent. Like you can have an ear for it and be like, oh, this guy's musical. But then the actual talent side of it, you do have to work on. I don't yeah, know. I feel, yeah, no, because I've always had problems with that, that kind of terminology. Like I feel like the word we should be saying is like art, is a skill that everyone can learn. So that's it, a skill. It's a skill. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when I look at it, it's no different. That's why when I look at culinary arts, like like Lawrence could sit there and be like, I had a C in, in, in art class. But let me ask you this question, Lawrence, like, did you like doing it? Or did you no. do it like how everyone else, like myself, I only took it because you're like, it's art, it's subjective. We can just draw this circle and be like, oh. I, you know? I, I took it because um, the German teacher that I really liked dropped out and the new German <laughs> teacher that we had uh, was horrible. And so I dropped out of German and art was the next option. <laughs> right. So it, it's like, that's, that's how I, that's how I, did art in high school. I did the same thing. Like I took it because I'm like, I'm not, I, I hated public speaking. Um, I couldn't sing. I couldn't, I couldn't pick up an instrument and play, but I knew that I was, anyone can color like that. You know what I mean? Like a coloring book or I'm like, okay, I could probably do that. So that's what you, me and you shared the same story on art. It was just, I, I, I kind of relate to Sean at a certain point when I started 
to really get that love for creation was after I found out that it was a skill and you can learn the fundamentals. Because even with music and culinary arts, there is a foundation. Learning the scales is what I would say. Every art, yeah. every musician needs to know the goddamn scale. Like, could you imagine me being like an uh, uh, I'm. I'm going to start acting like how I see it today. Like, I'm a musician. What do you know how to play? Twinkle, twinkle, little star. Do you know the scales? No, but all I know is twinkle, twinkle, little star. And therefore, I'm going to use the title of musician. That really kind of grinds my gears when I see things like that. Like, in the art world, like, people are just, anyone can be an artist, right? So I, I try to make sure I pick, pick and choose the words wanna, I'm saying. I want to um, talk about that, this connection that you guys have a, a little bit more. And because I think that you have both... Um, you've had a similar path in some ways into making it, if that's the right term. I know that there isn't, that's not a destination, but a, a journey. But um, Sean, like when, when I contacted you, I learned that your background was obviously being in your band and that you grew that through social media. Like social media pushed you guys to the forefront and got you guys into the UK top 40. That's how you ended up doing your world tours. And Colin, like, that's that's how you broke into the tech industry and started yeah. working with um, with these with these artists uh, with uh, sorry with yeah you know with brands, brands. like us yeah um, and so Colin let me ask you what 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 um, what 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 was the connection like why did you decide let's get into tech what, what was the story so like when I saw like it was like kind of looking at it systematically and it's interesting like it's awesome oh, big up to sean though when i hear all that like that that I'm, I'm rooting for dudes like you you know what i mean like i feel that story i know that grind and i'm like so you make it a top 40 radio yo shout out to that that's big and and again talk about success and and all that like artists view success very differently um but to go answer your question about the tech industry i looked at it and i just saw it as what can i bring to brands right like what like, I didn't know what it was until you taught me it was, it was value, right? Like what value I had, right? And I didn't know my value. And when I saw spaces like Anchor and I saw the tech people they worked with and, you know, me and Lawrence had hours and hours of discussions about this, you know, being a micro user and, you know, I would be kind of arguing my point on like, yeah, but like you could be, you have millions of fans, but your work can still be trash, right? It's just people can still think that you're this amazing genius or this, you know, tech guru, because you have millions of, of, of uh, subscribers and followers. But I asked myself, like, could anyone do that job? Like if I removed, I'm not going to say people's name, but if I were to remove, you know, this said person, like just say Lawrence was running a YouTube channel and all he's doing is just reviews. If I remove him and I put Sean in there, like, what does it change? I'm like, only personality. And that just, that's the thing that I learned. But when it came to value, I'm like, the value is the same. Either Sean's giving that information or Lawrence giving that information. It's still the same information. But what can I bring to the table? And that's when I realized I'm like, well, I, I do have a, a passion for art and visual, uh, visual, uh, visual storytelling. I think, I think that's kind of like my, one of my golden rules with social media that, that, I, that I shared with you. Because when I first joined Anchor, um, that was back in 2015. And my manager at the time, the first thing he sat down and told me was social media is 50% art, 50% science. Now you're an artist. So obviously you, you've got 100%, 100%. of, yeah, 100% <laughs> yeah. of that nail. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's, that goes without saying, right. But that, 
that was where you were at when you when you got in contact with me and it was mm. about putting that into a metric that companies can understand and i think that's a really good point for anyone listening whether you're an artist or a, any sort of uh, influencer trying to work with a company is understand what is value for on a metric scale for, for that company and the moment you pitch yourself in that way that's when you're going to get a response it's just about understanding that right yeah it's just it's really tough though for us artists like because all we care about is our craft you know what i mean like sure. all we want is like Sean makes music. He just wants people to hear it. You know what I mean? And we know how good we are. And it's, and it's so weird because I, I, I have to admit that every artist has some sort of narcissistic trait where, you know, we put in those hours and we're like, yeah. I know I'm better than that person. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, I you know, it, I don't want to. And, and, and again, like everyone, and this is why I always find funny. And that's why I always tell people that I don't believe art, any art, any art, like music, it's very fine line. I, I feel like, you know, there are people, if you're saying music in a sense of singing, yeah, you know, um, amazing. Like some people were just born with a voice and that's, I'm not going to die. There are people like Sam Smith, you know, uh, Adele, like I would love to see if, if they started off with like a voice like me and Lawrence where we're like, ah, I would be <laughs> like, damn, okay, that's great. You trained yourself to that level. Holy. But I have a feeling like I have, I have musician friends where they do have a, a beautiful voice and they were just born with those vocal cords. Now I can sit here and be like, okay, yeah, that's, that's talent. You were born with something different. But again, like I just have a hard time to try to grasp that concept of like trying to tell a brand, like I try to break it down business-wise where like, okay, we can look at the rock. Yes. He's super popular. Um, but yeah, besides that, like, I, are you going to say he's like Oscar winning actor? You know what I mean? Like he's not, he doesn't have those kind of credentials, but people just resonate with his energy. And, and I feel like that's the thing that I'm disconnected at because I feel like I understand the metric wise of a brand working with him. They say you have 10 million followers, maybe less than 1% of those are actually going to buy it. But when I look at him, like how many people are on social media that are actually going to go out and buy Under Armour clothes with the Rocks logo? Like, I think it's a very small demographic compared to like, if you were to just, I don't know, you know, uh, download a free song. You know what I mean? Like it's like, this, I'm trying to grasp that concept of metric and value. And I just don't see the value in popularity when there's nothing tangible to look at or, or kind of gauge, I guess. That's what yeah. I, I think, I think, I think at that time, like I, like I said, um, live stream was really coming up. So we yeah. knew that if we could, a lot of brands, uh, will live stream with no reason there's no reason behind it. There's no big bang. There's no big piece of news. And when you do that, uh, the engagement drops, reach, reach drops. Um, but I knew for a fact, like, for example, Anchor, um, number one fast charging brand in the US. And so I was like, look, you, you can do speed art. We combine these two things and we're just going to ride that kind of social trend. And we did. So I remember like the very yeah. first live stream we did, you did, you went for like 20 minutes. And, um, mm -hmm. after a couple of days, the live stream had reached, you know, 100 or even 200,000 people. Yep. And, and at the time we had, uh, yeah, about 200,000 fans or something. So that's 100% of our reach. And that's just, that's just crazy. Brands don't get that on Facebook, especially now it's like five or 6%. Yeah. Um, so there, there is, there is value there. As long as you, if you can understand what the company wants or what they're looking for, what they're, what they're trying to do on social media, um, then it, it can be, Sometimes it can be easy to translate that. And Sean, let's talk a bit about your story because you didn't, I feel that with you guys, you didn't have to do so much the whole 50% art, 50% science because from what I know of you, you've, 
done really well at catching or going like catching viral trends or just going viral basically yeah i think we with music uh it might be the same with the art scene but with us it it is that classic case of right place right time mm. and when we were coming up like i was like i spoke about before social media was in its infancy so it's like twitter was a brand new platform instagram was just just turning into a, its whole new they just rebranded themselves so it's like we were there early doors worked out yeah. oh people really want to see this kind of content that fits we're about to go on tour let's just do that let's do a vlog let's do a funny photo let's do um whatever challenge is happening right we're just we're just growing with that and um we're just really lucky we we rode those waves and then along the way we're picking up new skills and that's how i ended up falling into social media and combining the two together they went hand, social media and music go hand in hand i think i mean that's 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 why we ended up hiring you because as i mentioned you've you guys have mastered um social media like th- through your experiences in the band you guys later went on to create the, that Facebook page, Music Pipe, right? And you grew it from zero to yeah. how many How many followers? It's on five million. Five, five um, million. And that was more or less organic, right? So Yeah, and, yeah. And that's what I mean. Like you took these skills that you learned in the music industry, brought it into social, and that's now brought you into the tech industry. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of like we just saw... We just saw people doing parody songs on YouTube. And like you said, Colin, do you kind of sit there and go, I can do that. And it's rather than take ourselves too seriously as this, oh, we've been in the chart before. It was, no, let's, let's use the home studios we've built and let's record a parody song exactly like these guys are doing, but we'll do it a little bit. We'll do it better. Yeah. Yeah. In our heads, we were like, we're better. We're going to do it. But that's exactly what you just said, Lawrence, like taking the skills and applying it to social media and going, oh, hey, we've just gone viral. But, but you know what? I think, I think that is the biggest mistake that some brands make is you, you literally just said from, from a musician perspective, we didn't take ourselves too seriously. And I think the moment a brand does that and that because the older a brand is, um, the more like strict rules they have on what you can and can't say, how you represent yourself. But if you're young and you're flexible and you can be flexible with your social posts and stuff like that and you're able to act quickly, it's so much easier to create awareness and engagement do you know what I, do you exactly. know what i mean yeah yeah exactly there's a there's a few brands out there i see doing that quite a lot so sometimes that can backfire like you said if it's especially with some older more established brands when they try and do that it doesn't, I don't think it doesn't works. work yeah yeah like so, yeah, go on, yeah i just want to ask sean like you know so you, you you did all that so what what kind of drove you to kind of are you still in that that limelight are you like what how, how are you using like what, what's what's your what has changed i guess i would say because now you're working I, yeah i mean oh it's it, it's i spoke about this when my brother was on the podcast and um, your brother. When, when we've um when we've had the grassroots musicians on you kind of when you start off your journey in the music industry it's super fun everything's brand new but then for us as the years went on it, it was a lot of hard work we are self-managed, we're doing everything ourselves. And it became, it became a job and it was still fun, but it was also hard. Then we delve, dove into the social media aspect as well. And that became more enjoyable. And I wasn't getting any younger. That wasn't, 
That wasn't what? helping. You look like you're 16. <laughs> I don't even, what are you talking about? It sounds ungrateful, but it wasn't boring. But it was, it, I wanted a fresh challenge. And then when Lawrence reached out and we started talking, I, I was just really excited again. No, no, no. The, the, the funniest bit about that whole story is that I reached out to Sean via a mutual friend of ours called John, who's working at UniLads, um, which is, again, one of the Facebook's biggest social media pages. Shout and John. so J- John says to Sean, oh, so there's this um, opportunity company called Anchor or Soundcore. Um, are you interested? And Sean's like, yeah, yeah. So he puts us in contact. What, what John failed to mention is that the position was based in China. <laughs> uh, so I'm, yeah. having this, I'm having this call with Sean and just kind of see his face drop. He's like, oh, John, John didn't mention that. But then obviously, you know, COVID hit and uh, that threw a spanner in the works. And now I'm based in New Zealand. He's in the UK. You're in Canada and we're, we're everywhere. So Colin, let's, let's talk a bit about, a bit about that for you. Like, has, has, because you work with a lot of tech companies now, yeah. has COVID affected what you do much? crazy part no it actually got better like because when you when you when we're looking at it like right now right when you reached out to me like so recently shout out to the brand that i'm working with this tech brand is wacom what you guys are seeing is they're literally the number one uh drawing tablet in the industry so you know um i was able to work with them just when covid was hit uh hitting and i finally got to become like a Wacom influencer. So, you know, sending out some beautiful technology that you're seeing on uh, this beautiful drawing tablet. Um, nice. and, and because of that, they've opened a lot of doors where I'm able to do a lot of webinars, right? Because everyone's now home. So a lot of these tech brands that I'm working with, it's like a lot of it has to be based on doing what we just did, right? Like the giveaways and all these kind of things, but trying to do it at home. Like you guys have that, you guys got to rack your brain on how do we how do we get people to be involved, but everyone's at home and, and it's all Zoom meetings and, and podcasts and, and all of this. So recently, uh, I've been doing a lot more webinars. So when it comes to jobs, those have been my jobs, just literally live streaming. So that's why I'm kind of like, it's kind of interesting to see this pandemic hit. And it just, I would not expect uh, everything that I've done from, you know, like think about it what you said, 2015 or 16, we met Lawrence. And that was like the, the rise of live streaming. Right. I was doing that from the get. And then now it's like, I feel like only now people are like, Oh, there is value in live streaming. And there's, there's a big gap between kind of where you are now and where we were back then, you know, you know, we're trying to educate each other on, on how you show that value. Um, and just trying to bring the opportunity to get into the tech industry, which you've done now. So, I guess my next question would be from your personal experience then, what are your top top tips for making it into the tech industry as, as an artist besides the, the metric stuff? Is there anything else? Right. Okay. Recommend? So I would definitely tell people to do, I think Sean and I did it, right? We gotta, you gotta keep it real. One thing about artists, if you know that, that saying, if you're not a, if you're an artist of any sort, culinary artist, musician, uh, crafter, a sewing person, whatever. Okay. Whatever you do, architect, I don't care if you're an artist, like the number one thing that I've kept it is like that genuine real, right. Keeping it real, either if it's through your art, through you telling a story, it has to stem from something real. Like, yeah, you can create star Wars, but even star Wars was rooted on something real, which was space. You know what I mean? Like space is 
is infinite and you can think of anything like extraterrestrials, all that. Yeah. But again, it's, it's still rooted from something real. And what I mean by real is you got to keep it real in the aspect of your level and your skill, right? Don't bite off more than you can chew. So, you know, Lawrence was talking about speed art and I was like, yeah, I was capable of doing that because I spent over 10,000 hours drawing and painting and drawing and painting. And I'm like, okay, a five minute sketch to me is super easy, but someone that's an amateur, five minutes is like not enough time. So, you know, I started to look into those kind of things where I can put my foot into. And, and again, I come from a, um, a filmmaking background as well. I was chasing that independently. And, you know, that whole, uh, that whole scene changed too because of Netflix and all this. And, and one thing I can say too is that um, I was working with gimbal brands from China, right? Like I don't need to name them, right? Because it's all about that sound core and anchor life right now, all day, every day. But, you know, the idea is, you know, when I looked at the content they were making, I looked at my work and I was like, this is their top people that they use. And I'm pretty sure you guys seen it. You guys worked with a couple of, of um, online creators who are filmmakers, right? And they make these flashy YouTube videos and everyone likes it. But again, when I look at it and I said, I, if I strip the music and I strip and I strip them out of like, you know, I take them out and I see, uh, see their work fundamentally. Like when you are composition, when you're uh, telling a story? Do you have symbolism? Do you have all of these things, like these check marks, right? Same thing that, pretty sure I'm waiting for Sean to jump in like, no, yeah, we got that in music. When you're writing, when you're writing lyrics, they, you know, they, they, as rappers go, your bars have to be on point, right? Yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and that's what I'm talking about. It's like line for line is always what it is. So when I look at other artists, again, that's the narcissistic person that I am. And I look at it and I see you, what can you I take do? Apart, you take apart. Yes. And look, look how you would have done it. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and I say here being like, oh, I would do it like this. I would do it like this. But again, keeping it real and knowing, you know, working as a, as a freelance storyboard artist in the commercial industry, and I was able to work with on commercials like Dodge and Craft Singles. And the last job I had was, I think, Big Brother Canada. So like, you know, I did these things and I, and I saw what was mainstream level. Does that make sense? Like industry standards is what I would say. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, then yeah. I would look at, and, and Lawrence and I would talk about this because YouTube back then was like, they were frowned upon. Like we can go into like the filmmaking side of YouTube and I can tell you a lot of these, again, air quotes, uh, a lot of these filmmakers, none of them did the festival runs. None of them got into festivals. None of them um, even came from like a background of school. They just picked up a camera, started to shoot. And then they just put the title, I'm a filmmaker. And then they, you know, they gather this thing. But at the same time, I can tell you that a lot of YouTubers were blacklisted on these film festivals, right? And, you know, I'm talking big film festivals and they were blacklisted because they're like, you guys are YouTubers. Like you guys are, but now tables has churned. Netflix is popping. Everyone's doing like, just remember Netflix, take Netflix. Netflix never had any um, Netflix original show. And I remember this too, because when I was filmmaking, I remember I was able to get my short films put into Netflix at the early stages. Again, going with how Sean was talking about Instagram, Twitter, you were like day one users. So Netflix, yeah. I wasn't technically day one user, but Netflix was an option for me. And at the time, me and my producer, we had a conversation and I was more that artist. He was more like that business, kind of like Lawrence being like, honestly, our film isn't that great. And I don't want to put our work out there. That's crap. You know what I mean? And I think yeah. Sean totally understands that, right? Yeah, like when yeah. we put art out there, we don't want it to be shit, right? Sorry for that. You're always, but... you're always like super proud of what you've made. And then yeah. sometimes you'll get someone from the outside say, you know, it's not quite there yet. And yeah, yeah. Like, and 
Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and like I said, you know, graduating from art school, gathering that thick skin, knowing how to take real criticism. And when you know what real criticism is, like, and that's another <laughs> thing that kids need to learn. Criticism yeah. isn't going on Sean's SoundCloud page and being like, your music sucks, bro. That's not <laughs> criticism. You know what I mean? Like real criticism is like, hey, have you, if you ever, you know, took this level or maybe added a C note here, it would add that's, more blah, 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 right? So, that's, that's really important, is it? Is, 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 isn't it? Is learning to take criticism, but also um, <laughs> like not, uh, how, how to put that? Um, like, for example, like Colin, you, you've, you would have reached out to so many brands before, oh, before, yeah, before you started to like catch a break where you, as you've just mentioned, you've had your fingers in so many different pies and try and yeah. just like making sure that you're trying to cover a lot of different bases. And I think people now, um, whether it's that first bit of bad criticism or whether it's, um, just not seeing the results they expected instantly really puts them off. And just, just as an example, even when you were working with anchor early on, you know, at that time, maybe we were able to provide like some free products, but it took, it took a long time even for our company to develop and, and, and uh, develop that perspective of Colin has, has really good value here. Let's bring him in closer and you just have to keep working at it. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess, would you, would you say that's one of the biggest challenges is just putting in that hard graft and like, cause it can take years or do you, do you foresee another big challenge that people may not have thought about? Um, I would definitely say like when it comes to that, it's true. Like, you know, don't, don't burn your bridges too early and all that. Um, you know, I've, I've had a lot of horror stories, but it's, um, I don't know. It's, 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 hmm. <laughs> so I would say I try to figure out a way to word to answer that question precisely of, 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 of it. But, you know, you are correct that, uh, you know, timing and, and all of that too plays a, a huge factor. But also, I think, again, you have to look at the potential, I guess, another thing. Like when I looked at Anchor and I saw the potential and I was like, okay, cool. But uh, again, it did help. You have to admit that uh, when, I, when I went to China and I met you physically, like, and actually got to know you, like, like this is the thing I'll, I'll tell people. There are a lot of brands, like in the end, this is going to be cold to say, and I'm pretty sure Sean might be able to back me on this, but we're just a number to, to, to brands and, and to, to all these. We're just a number. We're just, we're just not, we're nothing special. There's like, you know, don't think yourself like, oh, like me and Sean, we know we're special, but, we, we, but the thing is like, not everyone's going to agree we're special, right? And, and the thing that I looked at with Anchor, I was like, if I didn't have that rapport with you to be dead serious with you, I don't think I would have kept in, in contact with you. And I don't think I would have, I would have been like, all right, you know, you're, you're out, I'm out. Right. Like when we had that conversation, like you really did have my intention. And the thing too, is I'm a really good at reading people, like really, really good at reading people. And I didn't, I didn't read you in a way of like, you're just a number to me. Right. Like I read exactly what you said. I didn't even realize that like, I knew you were new, new, but I didn't know you were super new, but you know, I knew that you were starting from the ground up. And I'm like, we related on that. Right. We were both there trying to build each other's brands individually or, or, or together. Right. And, um, yeah. And I, again, I, I, it's like, I think, I think at the start, um, when influencers first reach out, there is that kind of view of it's a number we're, we're trying yeah. to judge what value can we take with this? Is it worth a response? Because you've got to remember the workload of people working in marketing sometimes is just crazy. Like Sean, Sean can vouch after joining the company, how busy 
our lives are. So it literally will, will take less than a minute sometimes to judge an email. Um, yeah. But you're right. Once, once you either put a name to a face or you develop that rapport, it becomes so much more than that. And you're trying to almost find value because you, you want to support that person as well. And I think that's when, that's when you know you've got a really good connection with a company when the person you're working with is genuinely trying to create a structure that doesn't just help the company, but also genuinely supports you and your, and your work as well. Yeah. And, 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 and that's the thing. And it's, it's rare. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not going to try to sh- I'm not sugarcoating it to the people listening to it. Like it's rare that Lawrence and I are, we're not just, you know, coworkers and re- essentially like, you know, or he's my boss and I'm his employee. It was just literally like, we're two homies trying to just make it out here in the internet world. Right. And then we meet new homies like Sean who have like similar, but opposite, you know, uh, mediums, but we can find a common ground and create together. And to me, that's exciting coming from a filmmaking background where everything's collaborative. Like this got me when you, when you reached out to me, I was like, what? I was like, yeah, anything you need, dude, like anything you need. And, and, and again, that rapport is great, but there are people out there. Like, you know, I can definitely say, um, with the brand, like right now, the, the, the tablet brand that I'm working with now, Wacom, like, uh, they've shown me a lot of love and, and it has to do Good. with that rapport. Good. And, Good. and I was just, like I said, like I was floored because, you know, coming That's- from rejection, 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 you suck, rejection, rejection, rejection. And finally have someone be like, you don't suck. Hey man, like you're so good. Let me help you. I was like, whoa. It's, okay. it's, it's, it's super important to know your value and to, yeah. to, yeah, like when, when a brand shows you that they appreciate it, then yeah, grab hold of that for sure. Um, what would you say to someone considering following in your, in your footsteps, um, of trying to bring art into the tech industry? Research, know where you know your value. Okay. And, and be real with yourself. And just because they, one thing I can say is just because they say no now doesn't mean they're going to say no later, but always have the ideology or the metaphor of like, you know, don't forget. And what I mean is like, if Lawrence did me dirty, don't forget because eventually if Lawrence <laughs> comes back, <laughs> you're going to mention that and be like, Hey, do you remember that one time that you did this? Right. But that's a little saltiness, but in reality, like definitely don't burn your bridges, but, um, perfect. Just, just know your worth and, 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 and work hard. That's, that's ultimately it. I'm going to end it there, man. Cause we're going to cut off any second. Um, but again, thank you so much for joining us, uh, for the podcast, Colin, and we will make sure that we leave Colin's socials around this somewhere. So make sure you guys go and check out Colin Chan. Awesome. Thanks, Colin. Thanks, John. Thanks, Lawrence.